In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will go to the altar of God. To God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you despise nothing you have made and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us new and contrite hearts that lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness we may receive from you full pardon and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Ash Wednesday is recorded in the prophet Jonah, chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, 
and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to The epistle is recorded in the Apostle Peter's second letter, chapter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, Virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Do not lay up for your treasure, yourselves treasures on earth <clears throat> where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lent. It means spring, a time of renewal, new birth, new life. It is encouraging to see at all three services today so many in attendance from the congregation. I sense it every year at the beginning of Lent, this 40-day pilgrimage, a kind of new resolve within the congregation to give oneself more fully to prayer, perhaps to take up the congregation at prayer, to expand upon its use and to discipline your flesh in this way. Jesus talks about prayer, which includes meditation in the Sermon on the Mount from the Gospel for tonight. It requires a certain fasting, which is not simply doing without something, but denying ourselves the appetites and the lusts and the desires of our flesh so that we might give our full attention to the Word of God, to meditation upon the passion of our Lord, the text of the catechism and the precious promises which the Apostle Peter said in tonight's epistle makes us partakers of the divine nature when we receive those words and to give ourselves to charitable deeds as an expression of our love for Christ and our confession of faith in him not to be seen by others but only out of gratitude for the grace of our Lord Jesus. So these are the Lenten disciplines, the charitable giving, the fasting, the prayer. And I pray for springtime Lenten renewal in these things. For by the precious word of the gospel, Christ brings forth his good fruits in us throughout our earthly pilgrimage. These things are what the Lord Jesus spoke of at the end of that section in tonight's gospel, where he said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So may our treasure be in the Holy Word of God. May our treasure be in the precious promises spoken to us in our baptism. I've called you by name, you are mine. I will never leave you or forsake you. Precious promises spoken to us when our hearts are broken. And when we kneel in contrition and repentance and we hear our name spoken, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Precious promises that bring springtime renewal again and again and again throughout our earthly pilgrimage in the Holy Supper of Jesus. Purest gospel, purest promises. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. 
our maggot sack infested as it is with the corruption of sin inherited from Adam is nonetheless cleansed in the waters of baptism, renewed by the resurrection word, peace be with you in the absolution, and rests upon the sure and certain promises of the Lord's body and blood in the new covenant in the sacrament of the altar. This is how we are renewed, and what Peter says at the beginning of the epistle appointed for tonight, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God, and of Jesus our Lord. That grace and peace is multiplied to us and the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord by those promises is what characterizes Christian prayer and meditation in a life of self-denial where we turn from the appetites of our flesh to the one thing needful. The precious promises which Peter says have divine power through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, the ones just mentioned, through these promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature is the self-giving, sacrificial love of God, his divine life itself. Amazing, isn't it? that renewal comes through the precious promises of the Lord Jesus by which we are in a communion with him, which means we partake of the very divine nature itself. So let our Lenten fast, our meditation and prayers and discipline this season and at these Lenten midweek services focus on these things. Peter says right after this in the epistle, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who lacks these things is short-sighted. On the one hand, the new man, my new nature, gravitates to those virtues that the Apostle Peter spoke about. On the other hand, when I hear the litany in the list that Peter gives, I feel a greater sense of my own short-sightedness as a Christian man and as a pastor. So there can be no putting on of virtue, as it were. There can be no self-control or perseverance or godliness or brotherly loving kindness apart from the Christian's continual immersion in the precious promises of the gospel from our Lord Jesus. I need those promises. I need that renewal in contrition and repentance as much as anyone else in this room. For you and I are all cut from the same cloth, inherited 
from Adam. A corruption of our nature. And our earthly pilgrimage, where we earnestly seek the Lenten renewal of our lives, is a pilgrimage in which we are taught through the things that we suffer with and struggle against to rely upon his grace and his grace alone in those precious promises. Every sermon for me in my prayers during the divine service begins this way, a prayer of Martin Luther. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I am unworthy of the office and ministry in which I am to make known your glory and to nurture and serve the congregation. But the sheep are in need of thy teaching and instruction. O be thou my helper and defender, and then if thou art pleased to accomplish anything through me, not to my, my praise or glory, grant me a right understanding of thy word and also that I may diligently perform it. I am unworthy of the office and ministry. I'm sure you struggle with these same pangs of conscience as men, women, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, the offices that you have been given by God. Lord, I am unworthy of this office as father. I am unworthy of this office as husband. I am harsh with my wife. I snap at her. The virtues of which Peter speaks of are so so lacking in me. This is where the narratives of the Holy Scriptures are so important for us. The Old Testament reading for today presented us with a glimpse of the narrative of the prophet Jonah. It was from Jonah chapter 3, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, but it's the earlier part of the story that gets us a sense of how the renewing mercy of God sustains us particularly in the struggle with our own weaknesses. Most of you know the story of Jonah. At the beginning of his prophecy, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, and he went down into it, to go with them to Tarshish and to flee the presence of the Lord. He received a divine call and he said, no, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I'm not interested in their salvation. Can you imagine that from a minister of the word of God? And so he gets on board ship and he sails in the opposite direction. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Why did the Lord send the tempest? We may turn away from the Lord in our earthly pilgrimage. We might grow weary at being a Christian we might even run away from the Lord, as did the prophet Jonah and his call to preach. 
But what's so instructive about the narrative of Jonah's life is that the Lord does not let go of Jonah. He does not give up on Jonah. He pursues Jonah in a most interesting way. He sends this tempest. And so the ship that he's on board, fleeing in the opposite direction from the Lord, is tossed to and fro. So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Jonah was in the belly of the ship, a sound asleep. Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Perhaps we're asleep in the bowels of the ship when things happen in our lives, not realizing that all of these circumstances of life in our earthly pilgrimage as Christians are the ways in which God reaches out to us so that we learn dependence not upon ourselves but upon Him. Tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? Of what people are you? He said, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? And listen to this. For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. But though he had fled from the presence of the Lord, he couldn't get away from the presence of the Lord. And the Lord came after him in that tempest. And he tells the sailors, there is only one thing to do. Throw me overboard. Throw me into the raging sea. They didn't want to do it. But when all else failed, they hurled him into the sea. And there was a great calm. And then Jonah was swallowed by the great fish. In the belly of the fish, he prayed, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will again look toward your holy temple. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Salvation is of the Lord. Jonah's prayer. A prayer made possible not only because he knew the precious promises of the Lord, even though his flesh fought against them, and he often ran in the opposite direction, he knew the promises. And through this calamity, that which he suffered, he was taught renewed contrition and repentance. As David would say in his great Psalm 51, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. You cannot wear out God's mercy in your earthly pilgrimage. You may run from him in your station and calling in life, but he will run after you. And through the things that you suffer, 
even and especially when it is the experience of the weakness of your own flesh. He uses these things to bring about renewed Lenten refreshment that we might return to him as Jonah did. And on the third day, the fish vomited him up on dry ground. The sign of Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so the Lord Jesus died and on the third day rose again. You see, everything that Jonah went through in this tempest and throughout his life and everything that you experience in the sufferings of your life, in the weaknesses of your own life, Jesus himself took upon himself in his flesh and went to the cross. Our baptism means that we are joined to his suffering and death so that by the precious promises of God we might be raised with Christ from the dead. A resurrection that begins even now through the precious promises of the gospel that renew hope, that renew life, that bring about the putting on of virtue and godliness and patience and brotherly love. But it happens through a dying to self, which God works, and a resurrection to Christ, which God works through the precious promises of the Lord Jesus. Though great our sins, yet greater still is God's abundant favor. His hand of mercy never will abandon us nor waver. Our shepherd good and true is he who will at last his Israel free from all their sin and sorrow. God bless our Lent in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me a poor, sinful being. God, be gracious to you and strengthen your faith in his word of absolution. You may be seated.
Gary in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peter, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
In our prayers tonight, in addition to remembering the sick and those in hospice care, we also pray for the family and friends of Alan Gable. Alan was called to his eternal rest early this morning, uh, and his funeral will be here at Peace next Tuesday at 12 noon. Visitation will precede the funeral from 10.30 until the time of service at noon. Let us pray. Gracious Savior, prostrate, prostrate we fall at your feet this day. As your church once more enters the Lenten season, to meditate upon your passion by which we have been eternally redeemed. In spirit we appear before you in sackcloth and ashes, in true repentance. Let us receive your full pardon. Do not let the pleasures of life, the worries of the day, and the activities of our daily routine crowd you out of our hearts and out of our thoughts. Draw us to your wounded side and cleanse us with your most precious blood. Bring healing to our souls and peace to our minds. By your grace, let us crucify our sinful affections, lusts, and desires. Make us more than conquerors over every temptation. We confess to you all our sins. Let none of them cling to us. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew right spirits within us. Teach us to love you more and more. Give us grace to confess you as our Savior who has redeemed us on Calvary, lifting us out of the darkness of sin to be your own. Gracious Savior, let your constraining love keep us and all God's children steadfast to the end. You are the great physician of soul and body. You chasten and you heal. Show mercy to your servants, Rolf, Tammy, Cindy, Mary Ellen, Sharon, Dawn, Nicola Giordano's grandmother, Tom, John, Luke, Jean, and Gabby. Spare their lives, restore their strength. Even as you gave yourself to bear our infirmities and sicknesses, deal compassionately with your servants. Lord Jesus, we give thanks to you that you granted to our brother Alan faithfulness throughout his earthly life. Comfort the survivors who mourn his death with the hope of the glorious resurrection and a joyful reunion in heaven. Keep us mindful that we are mortal so that we will ever be prepared to die in the faith and finally receive the glory promised to all of us in your resurrection from the dead. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places 
Give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabbath, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of all creation, for you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. At your command, Abraham prepared to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice on the mountain. Yet in mercy you provided a ram as a substitute. We give you thanks that on Calvary, you spared not your only son, but sent him to offer his life as a ransom for many. As we eat and drink his body and blood, grant us like Abraham our father to trust in your promise now fulfilled in Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world. Grant us thy peace. Amen.
body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. given for you, the body of Christ 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 given for you. 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 body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.